The boy is eating. The boy is your drinking. Your name? The boy the boy what is your name? Doctor. She is not a girl. First, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Coffee with Gringos, Dynamic English's new podcast where you can learn English simply by hearing people use it. So sit down and have a coffee with us. You are listening to Coffee with Gringos. I'm Paige Sutherland. And I'm Mariah Waika. Welcome back to the podcast. Today is a special episode of the podcast because we are joined by co-founder of Dynamic English, Ted Getz. Ted, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you guys for having me. To start off, as most of our students probably know, maybe have met Ted when they started classes at Dynamic, or they received the emails. Ted from Dynamic English. (laughs) Exactly, or received the emails. But for some people that might not know you, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How did you make your way here to Chile? Cool. Well, I'm from New York, a little bit outside New York City. I studied history and English literature in college. I graduated and basically had no idea what I wanted to do with my life because studying history and English literature is is awesome and interesting, but doesn't really help you in the professional world (laughs) if you don't want to be a historian or something like that. So spent a year working at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City as a security guard. Yep. As a security guard. Those were some rough days. I'm but to um, ask you about that later. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, when you go to the museum, there's always somebody in a gallery telling you not to touch the painting or not to use flash photography. That was me. So I basically decided there that I wanted to leave the U.S. and just kind of have a year where I could figure things out. And so I decided to study Spanish at the same time and somehow ended up in Chile. I guess not somehow, but I wanted to go to Spain, but Spain in 2007, I think it was, was in like a horrible, horrible situation, like I think 45, 50% unemployment. So it wasn't a good time to go there. So I said, okay, we're going to think South America and between Argentina and Chile, I chose Chile. So. And your plan, obviously, you, you wanted to come to South America. Did you think you would come for a year, maybe two? Now you've been here, what? Ten. 10 years. Was that in the plan? Or? Um, so did you, uh, did you, you took a year to figure things out. Yeah. What did you figure out? It took me more than a year to figure out. <laughs> it often does. Yeah. So after the first year, I was teaching and I really enjoyed my time here. I think this might happen to a lot of foreigners, but when you're different from other people, you kind of have a different experience. So in New York, I'm just an average Joe walking around struggling like everybody else and here you know people at a party would be super interested in in getting to know me and and asking where I was from so it was really easy to make friends and I enjoyed teaching it was something that felt more important than what I was doing back home Mm. so more important than protecting the paintings exactly which is an (laughs) important job I don't want to say it's not but um, I just felt for my path in life it felt better The one year turned into three years because I basically was maybe indecisive and was also enjoying my time here. Yeah. And I also really wanted to master Spanish um, in a way, which 10 years later, I still say that, but but it took longer than a year. As you guys know, it's not so easy to, in one year, like become fluent, so. Absolutely, and when, I guess, along this journey, did you think, okay, I'm a teacher, but I wanna have my own company. I wanna start my own thing. 
I started doing private classes while I was working at a university here and at Norte Americano, which is another institute. Basically, doing the private classes, I realized that the personalized attention, the one-on-one sort of vibe that you get in that environment or in that situation is better than teaching for 10 people. Where I was in a university, I had 20 students, sometimes, you know, 25. And then at Norte, I had 10 or 15. And so you could teach the grammar, but I felt like, you know, you could learn grammar, you know, online. So what's the point of like spending time in class teaching grammar? Whereas one-on-one, I would just assign homework and then we would have conversations about things. And you'd make friendships and you would just, you know, feel a lot better. I felt better because I was getting to meet people like who worked in the government or people who were CEOs of companies. I had a great relationship with these people. And I think they got a lot more out of it because they were practicing. So long-winded answer to your question, but... I realized that was working and Andrew, my partner at Dynamic, as you guys know, he came up with the idea actually. He was the one who actually like came up to me one day on a coffee break and was like, you know, we could do this, like what what the Institute's doing here. And so I decided, hey, let's give it a shot. So, Had you ever been a person who was interested in entrepreneurship before or was this sort of your, your first stab at it? Yeah. This was my first stab at it. I had no intentions. Thinking back on it, maybe I wanted to be like Humphrey Bogart in Casablanca and I wanted to like be a bar owner one day. I think <laughs> I think every person or every guy at least has a, a dream of becoming a bar owner at some point. But no, I was ready to go home to the US and I was just telling people I'd go get a master's degree in something. That was like my stock answer. I didn't really have a, I didn't really even think about that stock answer. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to go to graduate school and, and figure something out. Then Andrew proposed the idea and I was like, well, this gives me another year to figure things out if it doesn't work. So let's give it a shot and we'll try it out for a year. And basically until now, it's been like a year by year thing. I don't have like a long-term plan really. During this process, you said you've never had your own business before. What, I guess, was the process like? Was it easy to start your own business here? Was it kind of very stressful? <laughs> I, I, I'm not it's a business not, owner. So. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. I think when people think about being an entrepreneur, you think about a lot of the good aspects of being an entrepreneur, being your own boss, you know, rolling in dough or something like that. <laughs> but it's really not. And the first few years are really tough. And that's opening a business in your own language, right? But adding on speaking another language and having to deal with legal work in another language that's really really tough but the first few years were were super hard and you know I think the only reason I survived is because I was young and I was working it was like a half-time thing so I was teaching classes and then half the time I was trying to get the company off the ground so it was long days and the first three years we didn't make any money but then things all of a sudden out of nowhere start to pick up and so after about three or four years things got easier and so how long has it been now it's been seven years seven years years, yeah you said it took a while to get the company off the ground how has the company grown or changed since its beginning yeah well the good thing about starting from zero is like (laughs) you can double your growth the first (laughs) few years because that means like after three years you have something like eight eight clients or something (laughs) but yeah since we started from zero it was me and andrew literally running the thing 
which there was no thing at the time. We were just giving ourselves private classes and, and that's how we started. So we were the two teachers. And I still remember the first teacher we hired, her name was Bridget and she's still a good friend. And I didn't want to tell her she was the first teacher because I feel like that's a lot of pressure. And like, and the first course we did, I remember I went to the first class just because I was like, it was like a special moment and I had to be there. And then months later, I remember telling Bridget, like months later, like, hey, I just want to, you know, like you were the first teacher. She had no idea. She thought we had like a whole system in place. <laughs> she found it funny. So we're growing a lot. I think it's hard to measure in terms of students, but I think in terms of like revenue or something, been growing about 40% every single year. Wow. wow. Yeah. So Impressive. at the beginning, that's not a lot, but like now to maintain that, that's, that's still a lot. Yeah. And in terms of teachers, you started with you and Andrew and Bridget. Yep. How many teachers are there now? Now I think there's, to be exact, 63. That's a big growth from you and Andrew. <laughs> right. yeah. For sure. From I, the two of the <laughs> team of 63. I guess looking back, you know, it's been seven years. You've had, I mean, dozens and dozens of students, experiences. Is there any student or moment, I guess, that you've had in these seven years where you're like, ah, like, this is why I'm doing this. Like, this is why I wanted to start my own business. I don't know if it's like a particular student or company. I mean, there's been a few instances like that. We've helped. I'm not going to name names, but like, you know, people that everybody would recognize in Chile on Instagram or, you know, a politician or something like that. But I think it's been super rewarding for me because as my own boss, it's super challenging sometimes to motivate yourself. There's nobody there to like kind of wake you up in the morning and motivate you. You kind of have to do that yourself. But it's really, really awesome to choose my own projects, which, you know, even Coffee with Gringos, this was something that, you know, us three and, and Anna, too, 12 months ago, came up with the idea. So right. it's super rewarding to be able to choose what to focus on instead of a boss telling you what to do. Right. Absolutely. To piggyback off of what Ted said there for a second. I mean, I think one really neat thing for me as a teacher at Dynamic is that I have worked with students that anybody in Chile could recognize, but I've also sat in people's living rooms while their kids are playing upstairs and taught them English on Monday and Friday nights. And so I think that's one really neat thing is that the strategy that you all had of having these conversation-based, personal, oftentimes one-on-one classes is something that really anybody can connect to and relate to. And that's something that that I've definitely enjoyed as a teacher, is being able to experience all of those different parts of this culture through teaching. Yeah. yeah. The relationships um, that I think all of our teachers like have with their students is something else. It's something you don't get when you're a teacher in front of 20 people. Like maybe you have an impact on 20 people, but you don't get that intimacy or that level of trust that you would have with a one-on-one class. Right. I mean, I think we know our students' kids' names and if they have their birthday and I've been invited to barbecues and there's this level of, yeah, of trust and connection that a classroom situation is fantastic, but no, you can never achieve something like that. Yeah. I think most of my best friends in Chile to this day have been students. Like, that's how we've met. Right. Right. No, that's fantastic. You know, you and Andrew's idea seven years, eight years ago has really paid off because I think that's the best way to learn is you become friends with your students so they let their guard down and they just start talking and making mistakes and learning and putting themselves out improving there. and it, it doesn't feel like you're going through a grammar book and just getting bored down in the minutiae of the language yeah <laughs> sure. exactly and like even if you have a group that has conversation it's like 
it's also intimidating if you're trying to learn a language because it's intimidating to speak in front of a group in your own language but having to learn another language and speak in front of four or five people who are strangers that you don't know is also intimidating it's probably good practice but i'm not sure it's the best way to sort of ease somebody into the language or, or to get them initiated in the language there's a lot of competitors right there's so many institutes there's so many people offering this product right teaching english what i guess do you think dynamic english has that other institutes don't that's a good question i think there's a few things i think we've decided to really focus on the experience of the student being the fact that i'm not a businessman like i studied liberal arts you know i didn't learn to use a spreadsheet until i started dynamic like i didn't even know how to use an excel so i mean i've never been the type of person to really calculate or project numbers in the future it's just been learning as i'm going and knowing that if you make people happy and you create a service that's really valuable to the student they're going to tell their friends and they're going to tell their family members so dynamic english you don't see any billboards you don't see any I don't know, newspaper advertisements or magazine advertisements. We don't even do so much on social media. It's really been a lot of word of mouth until now. And I think that's something that makes us different. We have somebody who's always in touch with the student on a month-to-month -month basis in administration, not just the teacher itself. In Dynamics So Good, there's always happy hours. There's always social events that get you outside of the classroom. So it's kind of more of a social network that you're building, let alone these tutoring classroom type settings. Absolutely. Yeah. So Ted, by now you've been in Chile for 10 years. You've lived in this country for a really long time. What is your favorite part about living in Chile? I really appreciate the friendships I've made here, the relationships I've made here. Like when you get to know and you get really close with a Chilean, they're the most trustworthy, supportive people I've met. And so that's been really cool. The other thing I really love about Santiago is the surroundings. I mean, it's sometimes it's hard to leave the city and sometimes you get caught up. But as soon as you just go 15, 20 minutes outside, you go to the mountains, you go to the, you know, the Pacific Ocean, the coast, you go south and go to wine country, you go to the lakes region, you really realize this is a special geographical place. So we've chatted a lot about Dynamic and your role with Dynamic and plenty of our of our students have either met you or met Andrew but tell us a little bit more about you about yourself for example what do you what do you do when you're not co-running Dynamic yeah. English? It's funny because whenever I meet students and I interview them like that's always a question right yeah. what do you do in your free time? So now the, the table classic. the tables have turned and I'm uh, I'm <laughs> on the on other the end seat. yeah so what do I like to do? Um, well, I love music, so I used to be in a band back in the States, so I'm trying to take up guitar again because I kind of just didn't practice for a while, and, and so I'm trying to take that up again. Now that I have more free time than I, I've had in the past, so I like that. I'm really into photography now. On the weekends, I'm trying to take my camera with me and, and get some photos and then edit them later. I like reading, so I try to read a little bit every day. I love wine, and that's also something else that is awesome about Chile. Some of the best wine in the world, I think, comes from here, and it's been really cool to see the evolution of wine over the last 10 years, because if you're really into wine, there's some really new and exciting wines coming out from Chile now. So I go to the gym, I lift weights, I try to do some cardio when I can. And of course, you know, I think it's hard to meet a person that doesn't like traveling, but that's certainly 
a passion of mine. I love to go somewhere new and just feel like you don't understand anything about a place and you don't know where you are. That feeling for me is like super exciting. So. Absolutely. Oh, and I think that's a great reason. And it's a, it's a huge reason that a lot of people learn a language, right? Probably part of the reason you tried to learn Spanish, part of the reason a lot of our students try to learn English is for that purpose exactly. So for those who aren't sure, Ted is real. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm real. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, for telling us a little bit more about the story of Dynamic English and, and about yourself too. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me and kudos to you both. You guys have been awesome the past year. I think the episodes have been really engaging. Students are loving them. I'm loving them. Um, and it's been really great. And also, Mariah, we know you're leaving. So I don't Sad know if you I don't know if you formally made the announcement, but I just want to let you know that I appreciate all the hard work and effort you've put into not just the podcast, but your classes and blog posts and everything. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Tune in next time to hear more about that. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Gringos was brought to you by Dynamic English, where you can learn English simply by using it. If you're interested in taking classes or just want to learn more, go to our website at dynamicenglish.cl. Thanks for listening.